0: this is ian Crichton from saga and you're listening to interview under fire
1: all right everyone welcome back to a brand new episode of interview under fire this is your host sunny this time along with a veteran guitarist and ian Crichton, quite the honor thank you so much for joining our podcast today in iuf you know ian this is an exciting time of the year for you and the rest of the guys over at the legendary saga with the release of your 22nd studio album. I mean, I can't believe I'm even saying that, you know, symmetry, which recently dropped on March 12th on ear music. And you also have the best of saga coming April 16th. Is that correct?
0: That's right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And uh, I just want to say congratulations on all the well-deserved reactions it's been getting so far, still going strong after four decades in your catalog. So much to unravel about uh, what you guys have been doing as of late, but before we get to all that, I know we talked about it before the interview started. How are you, man? You know, I think that's an important one to ask, considering what's been happening in the world lately. How's life in uh, Niagara Falls?
0: Uh, same as everywhere else, really. I mean, after a year of this, uh, I think we've all had enough. There's yeah. not much to do about it. But, you know, for me, it's one of those things, you know, when you... You know, the advent 30 years ago of downloading music took, you know, two thirds of business away from us all. But we ended up, uh, you know, uh, the live business was still there. So, you know, if you're established and you can tour, then that, like us, we, you know, everything's fine. And, you know when you're driving down the road and it's a cloudy day and you well it's not gonna rain today and then <laughs> it's about the-
1: to rain here actually.
0: <laughs> that's what that's what I said about uh, well at least they can't take our live business away.
1: <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's definitely true.
0: <laughs> you know yeah I mean that was taunting fate you know so uh, now uh, yeah I mean there's uh, I've been doing some stuff on the internet uh, we released a new saga record. we're talking about other stuff right now. But basically, we need to get the world back on track, and that's yeah. about that, you know. Yeah,
1: just, you, know, you know, you know. Yeah, and, and you know, life as of late, you know, we, we talked about this, you know, many of us have also been away from the stage a lot, you know, fans and musicians alike, you know, but how are you keeping up your, you know, guitar chops these days, Ian? Is that affecting your musicianship? Has anything changed for you routine-wise lately, if at all?
0: Yeah, Oh no, it's really changed. Yeah. Hmm. No, I am playing a lot. Uh, I've always been one to, uh, I mean, since I, 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 you know, I started playing guitar as a young teenager, it's all been about what, what I can think of and play and dream up. But since the um, pandemic, I went on YouTube and started learning a bunch of Beatles songs, (laughs) you know, all these Beatles songs, you know? So I've been doing, you know, that, uh, um, practicing my acoustic technique and um taking tutorials and stuff like that i mean just for fun really you know yeah different style you know because i'm a electric guitar player so uh yeah it's been fun doing that but outside of that take the odd trip down to the lake
1: yeah
0: you know try to stay out of trouble (laughs)
1: stay out of trouble you know here's the thing you know uh speaking speaking of like playing the electric electric guitar for as long as you have you know uh we can trace it back to 77 when saga first started you've been at this for a long time Ian so I wanted to ask you know how was the touring life for you personally because you've done some extensive touring throughout your career you know over four decades in the making you played at you know rock of ages rock and ring and many others just to name a few of them out and now we've all been taking an unexpected step back this whole time does it make you have a growing appreciation of the touring life
0: oh yeah yeah definitely uh yeah i mean i always did but i have more of appreciation now but um you know, it, it, it's just, uh, yeah. Uh, I don't say, yeah, I, I definitely appreciate touring. Yeah. I miss it. I mean, I've been doing it my whole life. I've been doing it 45 years. Uh, so I haven't done it for a year or so. It's weird.
1: Yeah. You it's know? kind of just like everything kind of just took to a hole. and your I don't yeah. know, lifestyle almost completely changes.
0: It's like a dog, you know, you get into these <laughs> schedules, you know, you know, when you eat, you know, it's time to go out for a walk. Yeah. And when you take those away, it's like, what, what, you know,
1: (laughs) exactly. It's funny that you say that because with, uh, you know, I, I have a dog and he's actually sitting right outside this door. So he doesn't come in because he thinks I'm yelling. (laughs) So, but, but what I was trying to say is, you know, before this whole pandemic, I mean, I wasn't really home as much as I am now. Uh, I mean, that lifestyle for my dog has changed, but for the better for him, you get what I'm saying? But oh. it, it for us, has changed. I mean, dogs, this is like the time of their lives because all their owners are home.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, you're always there, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, speaking of which, you know, you talked about, we talked about like the touring life, how you appreciate it, you know, a lot more now. And something that's been happening for the last year, I've been asking all my guests this because it's an important topic that's been a commonality with an interview under fire is the live streaming, you know, um, you know, you guys... Have seen this for the last year. A lot of the bands, what they're doing on stage, they're taking it to the screen. You know, we've had a lot of bands on this show. They talked about their experiences. You know, uh, selling virtual tickets to the fans and doing a pre-recording a show and then streaming it for them. But with the amount of touring you've done, excuse me, Ian. You know, throughout your career, the venues you played at, the you know the the cities you've been in, the fans you've encountered. Do you think that the quarantined induced live streaming surge that we're seeing right now from all these artists. Is that gonna affect the touring musician business like going forward? I mean, has it already been affected? Like, do you still see bands doing something like this even after all this is over?
0: No, hmm. no, I don't. I, I think this is really a COVID thing. It's people are trying to find ways of bringing, well, making money, doing business, keep taking it to the people and stuff. And, and a lot of the stuff that I've seen and I have seen the stuff online, you know, some of it sounds really good. Those, the sound quality is great and stuff. But Saga, I've suggested we, we don't do that. Um, there, there's something about it that is very, uh, what's the right word? You know, it's unpersonal. You know, once I hmm. hear the song stop and there's dead air and there's nobody there and and it kind of affects me like okay this is uh, the band a great band just in rehearsal or something and it's a whole different planet you know it, it doesn't yeah. it doesn't do what a live show does and even sonically and visually i mean saga the last tour we did we we had a lot of stuff going on film stuff and you know it was a show you know you, you know i i suppose you could, you could do that in a theater and, and film it we we have thought about it i've had some uh, offers but I backed off a little bit. I mean, part of the reason was, uh, one of them was uh, in Quebec City I was mm-hmm. gonna do, a, we were gonna do a uh, pay-per-view thing in a theater there, maybe one or two nights. But, uh, you know, this COVID thing just came up again and all of a sudden there wasn't gonna be any people allowed in the theater. There was gonna be a, allowed, you know, two, 250 people, which really would make a difference for a show. Even though it's not a ton of people, it'd make a great big difference. So that was, make- No, that was taken away and plus the fact that, uh, Michael Sadler lives in America. He lives in uh, Missouri and, okay. uh, first closed. Oh, you know? wow. So, you know, so we didn't do it. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's, uh, and there's no right or wrong answer to what you just said, because I've had a lot of artists who say, um, yeah, I would love to do live streaming. It still gives me a chance to engage with my fans. And some artists would say, oh, I'm not doing anything and I'll all this is over and, you know, I, I've seen a couple of live streams, I've seen a several actually, and there's always that freedom to uh bosh in your own room for as long as you want, right? But how much longer can you do it for? Like, you do the live streaming, but then how much more creative can you get? I remember when, um, back in August, I don't know if you've seen this, Metallica did this live streaming event for one weekend, and I think Dallas sold out immediately. Luckily, a friend of mine had a uh, a ticket to that show, he's like, Hey, do you want to go? I'm like, Sure, and th- I love the better than what
0: was that at the drive-ins
1: yeah that was yeah yeah that that was at the drive-ins and uh um, winning yeah three days grace open yep exactly and uh it was a very uh it was it was nice to see like the turnout like before the show started it felt like it was like an actual show like all these people came out and once you actually sat down in your car in front of a theater you're just like okay this is not the same thing uh, I mean, and here's the thing, that was actually my first ever Metallica experience. <laughs> oh. And if you would have told me, like, I would have experienced Metallica for the first time during a pandemic, I would think you're outside your mind, but it yeah. was it was done. And I remember, um, you know, a very common thing, you know, at metal shows, you've seen it, you know, just at shows in general, people, fans they would just raise their horns and you just see a sea of horns in the crowd. And you get that adrenaline rush, right? Those goosebumps. I'm even getting goosebumps talking about it. So instead, what did we get at the drive-in three days grace? I remember they said something like, uh, let me hear you honk your horns guys. So if you roll your window down, you just hear people honking their horns just in the the darkness and silence. It just felt so, like I said, it, it made me miss the actual live experience even more. Um, obviously you can't, you can't replace the live experience with anything else, but
0: yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, I just got uh, a schedule sent to me today, actually for mm-hmm. all the shows last year was booked right up for us in all these different countries. And that was canceled and rebooked for this year. And as each, each month goes by, they get canceled and rebooked for next year. And I just got a big schedule for next year today again. We still have more shows yet to be cancelled coming up. uh, There's a big festival they want us to headline in Norway, uh, middle of July. That's still on technically. Um, Plus a couple shows up in Norway and then in the fall, starting in October, we're uh, to tour of Scandinavia, starting in Finland, go around up in the Norway, Sweden, Denmark. And that's sold really well. The tickets are on sale and and have sold really well. And it kind of scares me a little bit, you know, like, uh, you know, I mean, uh, you know, if if something happens, I'd like people to get their money back, you know, and and all that shit. But but as of right now, uh, they're planning for us to do that now in amongst of being with COVID for a year, it's, even though I know what's going on, it's hard to uh, wrap your head around that it's actually going to happen. So I got to wait and see, you know?
1: Yeah. And uh, I mean, (laughs) making the best of the situation is what we got to do. And I don't really know if there's any other way around it, but I mean, Hey, you guys released it. No, go ahead. I thought you were going to say something there. Oh, just
0: keeping yourself mentally. uh, Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And uh, speaking of mentally okay, you know, that 22nd album, let's let's talk about that symmetry that I mean, speaking of something that's like as of consistency, you guys have always been doing that throughout your career, Uh, just previously dropped on March twelfth on ear music. Now, here's the thing. This is the follow up to 2014 saga city. And the crazy thing is, this is the longest gap in between albums seven years. And I just want to reiterate. 22 albums in 44 45 years. I don't care who you are, but that's not an easy thing to do, but you, here you are, you guys accomplished that feat. Talk about those 7 years, Ian. Why the long gap and did anything change for you personally in that time frame leading up to Symmetry?
0: Was it that long?
1: Yeah, 7 years. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right now, it's it's that's a that's a fair question to ask considering how fast the last year flew by. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, we started uh, uh, Symmetry um almost two years ago now. It took Mm -hmm. us about a year year and a half, and the reason uh, uh, my brother and myself arranged all the music, all the strings and all the arrangements, I I rewrote the end of Wind Him Up, one of our hits. It's not even on the record, but it's on Symmetry. And just wanted to make it happening. Like when people heard, you know, we're gonna do a acoustic record, I didn't want it to be sleepy. I didn't want it to be strum chords and sing the songs. I wanted this to be happening. And so, you know, it took some time to come up with all these little arrangements and parts and things and put it all together. I'm very happy with it. Um, Yeah, it's got a nice vibe to it. I'm very pleased with it. Um, And, and, you know, it took a year and a half. But, we, you know, I was out there touring, uh, I don't know how many months, but, you know, quite a bit of it. And uh, that was the reason it took so long. I didn't realize. So uh, Sagacity came out in 14? yeah 2000-
1: 2014 yeah that's what i found oh. yeah <laughs> it's yeah it's easy to lose track of track of like i mean you've done a lot of albums i don't even blame you at this point like it's just it's just it, just keep bumping them out as as much as you can
0: yeah uh, well you know we, we'd like to do uh we'd like to, we'd like to continue recording this i still got a lot of music in me and all that um awesome i i think well i hate to say it on the air you know it just gets a little you know it gets a little um uh, you know, when you're touring and, and, you know, there's all the free downloading going on that took all that business away. Of course. You know, then there's a good reason, you know, you can give the audience some new music. You keep the band alive. I keep me alive. I mean, I, I like to play some new music too, you know? Of course. Uh, And, uh, and there's a whole reason for it now. Now there's no playing live and and all that. It's, uh, yeah. The whole thing becomes a factor of, uh, writing a new album, which is no easy feat, really. I mean, you know, it takes a while to make, uh, you know, you're throwing music in the garbage, I, you know, papers all over my room and, you know, I might write 30 things and four or five of them will, you know, make a saga record for, you know,
1: um, <laughs> yeah.
0: picky, you know. Um, and it's a certain style that uh, we came up with, our style. So, you know, <laughs> had some outside uh, writers but it never works because we kind of developed the style and it's you know it's just difficult for uh, someone else to come in and write that way you know because everyone writes their own way and um yeah so anyway you know uh yeah no we might come up with some uh new stuff well you know not saying no but um uh,
1: yeah, and uh, for people who don't know, you know, uh, Symmetry is an acoustic album. With, you mentioned it, it. was a new take on some of your most iconic songs, like Wind Em Up, you said, uh, yeah. Say Goodbye to Hollywood and Tired World. I mean, Progressive Rock, you guys, I mean, this is as good as it gets. You guys are a cornerstone in the genre, and you remain musically true to yourselves, and I really appreciate when an artist can do that and stick to their guns. You even said it's like construction work for an electric guitar player. <laughs> so... You know uh, I was going to say, you know how much did things change from when you you know first started composing on symmetry to where you ended up finishing it? Was there already a specific sound you knew you wanted with this album?
0: Yeah, we did uh, in two thousand and seventeen my brother Jim Crichton uh, uh, decided to uh, not play live anymore, so we did a last tour and um, and we wanted to make a special so. We talked about breaking our song sound acoustically for quite a few years, but never did. Some of these arrangements, uh, I actually wrote one 10 years ago. And wow. my brother got his hands on it and kind of tweaked it like he does and you know made it better, a little better. And um, uh, and so, yeah, it had been you know running around in our heads. So on this last tour with Jim Crichton, uh, we decided to open up for ourselves acoustically. Now, the front cover of uh, Symmetry is that picture of the uh, library with the plants growing on it and all that. A yeah. well, uh, 40-foot backdrop made that looked like that. And that covered our whole electric show. So it hung on the truss. And, and then in front of the truss, uh, we had tables, uh, almost like cafeteria tables, but we had tarps on them that looked, like bookshelves it looked like a bookshelf and then we placed books on the table plus little lights you know like in a library it was Mm -hmm. a whole scene set up on stage and we had accordion uh clarinet piano I was playing acoustic I got my drummer Mike Thorne to play a little acoustic and his drums was a table full of pots and pans and cups and all that there was no drums that's the same thing on symmetry the, the percussion is all a table of pots and pans and cups. We did sneak a little kick and snare in on the two devices that we had chosen for those things. <laughs> so you do get that on the record a bit. We wanted that a little bit, you know. But yeah. Mike Thorne is playing cups and pans and all that stuff through the whole record and live too, which is a great little visual thing too. And it went down amazing, uh, Sonny. It went, it went down really great. It was as, as good as the electric show almost. And, uh, you know, then we went down, we, you know, 10, 15 minute break. They dropped that. We come up with the big electric show and uh, all we went, we did the tour that way. So when we came back, COVID happened, uh, I suggested, why don't we do this? And uh, yeah, let's do it. So that was kind of the uh, spark of the beginning of actually, okay, let's do it, get down and start arranging stuff. And, you know, a few of these things we did play on tour, um, but a lot of it we didn't so it's new yeah yeah i don't play banjo that much you know, it's <laughs> banjo and mandolin but uh
1: hey you did it well though
0: <laughs> well yeah i've been playing banjo for a while just for fun yeah you know?
1: yeah and uh another thing is that you also brought in the likes of you know shane cook on fiddle and then Stephen Seki and bet silver on uh cello to provide uh more of the in-depth instrumentals on symmetry uh talk about them you know what was it like bringing in outside professionals in their field into your world of making music
0: oh it was great um the cellos went down pretty easy because there's a lot of a lot of whole notes and half notes you know not a lot of fast lines or anything like that so that was all fine uh shane cook he's a five-time ontario fiddle champion he goes down to the states all the time with these fiddle groups and all this stuff and. Yeah. He's a great player. And this, you know, we brought him out of his world for this. So my brother, Jim found Shane and then we approached him and he was, he was into it and we brought him down. We have a studio down in Port Stanley, just South of London, Ontario, uh, right on the beach there at Lake Erie. And um, we brought him down there and all this stuff was mapped out. I mean, I'd wrote, written a bunch of string lines. Uh, my brother, Jim, once again, he tweaked them and stuff and we, and we got Shane to learn all these parts plus we had Shane do his own little vibe stuff too little licks and things and loosen it up and but all the major you know uh, syncopated lines that are in between that those those were kind of mapped out and no problem for him playing them he's a great player uh, we wanted a fiddle player rather than a violin player it's the same instrument but it's yeah.
1: uh, I play violin so <laughs> okay
0: yeah, yeah we wanted that fiddle uh, world you know
1: yeah yeah, I I think uh, just bringing bringing Shane and, and the other two like it was, I think it just uh, I think it expanded on Saga sound even more, and yeah. I hope uh, I hope I'm just a fan out there, but I hope you guys can actually if you want to do it in the future albums, please do so because it worked like a charm on this one.
0: Yeah, you know we just might do that. I mean, every interview and in, including this one, uh, I've been asked that and also asked <laughs> about touring this band. Yeah. So even though there's COVID here right now, all of a sudden this opportunity has arisen where, you know, we do really well all over Europe. Uh, we like to get back in the States. we, But that's another story. We did, did a few shows a couple of years ago, New York City and Chicago. But uh, <clears throat> I could get really busy, do a full acoustic tour, and then maybe in the fall do a whole electric tour. And hey,
1: that's that can be done. I mean, I mean, it's 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 then never I, bad to make plans but of course we got the whole situation we got to deal with um
0: then i'd be traveling
1: yeah there you go yeah
0: there was a hotel key
1: <laughs> exactly you know between you know writing and structuring the songs and you know the production process you have a song that's called you know always there and uh i know you guys opted to make fans like there's a music video and uh You guys opted to make fans the stars to give space on what matters most to them. You know, fans were asked to share videos of what is always there for them, whether it's a friend, a relative, a pet, or even just their solid collection. When did that unique idea first come to the surface to create a music video like that? Because I felt, especially at a time like now, that was an important thing to put out, considering how long you guys have been doing this and the dedicated fan base you guys have.
0: Well, I actually that you know that entire idea came from uh, Alina and Natalie in Ear Music, uh, Hamburg, Germany. Okay, it was their idea? They bounced it off me, and I went, "Yeah, that sounds great. Do it." So they actually put it together. They uh, put forth the submissions to have the uh, everyone film themselves doing that and put it in, and and uh, and they collected it all there and put it together.
1: Do you see? symmetry Ian. as i know you've done a lot of albums throughout your career but for this album specifically i mean i know you guys it's here's the thing there's no protocol for a pandemic when you release an album right like there's like there's no list like okay here are the rules we got to follow this is what we should do but do you see symmetry as a snapshot of where you are in a certain time in your life looking back
0: you mean calming down and getting rid of the wall of marshals and <laughs> That's one way to put it. <laughs> I'm down and you know break up my cane. No. <laughs> not going to happen. I'm finding out uh sorry yeah no I I like my white strat and yeah. No, it's uh like I said, you know, I I explained how this whole thing was born. Yeah. Uh, it could continue though. I mean, yeah, we really liked uh, the outcome of it. So um
1: yeah 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 it was an i was like asking that question because it's easy to look back at a year like 2020 or even i mean 2021 even uh, even for that matter it's easy to look back on and say yeah this was the pandemic album but you know releasing something that you create during this time i think it also allows you a chance to grow you know as a musician or or even personally i don't know that that's ever crossed your mind personally yeah
0: well Maybe a little bit, but, you know, I'd rather be busy.
1: Yeah, I totally understand.
0: (laughs) I don't want to dive into this too, heavily. (laughs) you know, it gets weird, you know.
1: (laughs) You know, from the different experiences and uh, perspectives in your timeline that you have taken in, which we've discussed about, whether it's 22 albums in over four decades, spending majority of that sharing the stage with your brother, Jim, and of course the worldwide touring cycles you've completed and the dedicated fan base that you guys have had all this time. Like I mentioned, what is the most rewarding part for someone like you, Ian, who is now at this point in their career at the same time has been involved with so many other different aforementioned talented bands, artists, individuals throughout that timeline. You've experienced so much already that all that play a part in helping you grow as an artist or a person. Like do you ever stop to take a look back at how far you've come? (laughs)
0: uh when i do it's um even though it was a very long time and years of touring and all the things that happened and all that stuff when you're here now Hmm. it's like you know what i mean how did i get here i mean it just happened like that you know that's what life is i mean you know when you reach a certain age you go what the hell happened to uh the last decade Should, you know, it's just, it's just gone. It's like they said, life goes fast. That was very quick.
1: Yeah. You can ask me like, has it been seven years since the last album? Yeah. <laughs> since...
0: I guess when I think about it, I would have put it at, at four years. Hmm. I would have said, yeah, about four years ago, you know, at least a record.
1: Yeah. I haven't really mm-hmm.
0: been thinking about that. Um, we we're just touring. I mean that was the thing after uh, sagacity. It was just tour, tour, really busy touring, and uh, you know, and touring is a pleasure. You get to, I, you know, as a guitar player, I get to, you know, play stuff every night. You get to play. Uh, your chops are good, uh, you know, and you're not sitting down in a room trying to tear your head out with all these melodies and write music. You know, it's all there. You just have to playing it, you know. So that's a whole different. Uh, uh, state of mind you know touring and playing rather than being in a room and okay let's you know come up with uh, all this music you know
1: yeah but anyway Ian, this has been such an honor do you have any last words just any shout outs anything you'd like to plug in or mention as yeah, far as saga Good.
0: i love you texas i really miss be playing down there i have really good great memories uh the venue beside the alamo i remember that playing there with uh uh pat benatar or something and Lubbock and Amarillo and Corpus Christi and Austin. Yeah, I was played down there quite a lot. Um, San Antonio was a great town or city for us. That was really great. Yeah. Yeah. Come so I back, that's my message.
1: Yeah. And we would love to have you here in Texas and uh, especially in Dallas, come back to Dallas. Cause you guys do have a community here and it would be, I'll help you guys book a show here. I mean, I mean, that yeah. would be just be a great thing to actually even, you know, do again. And uh, just doing these interviews in person is obviously what I miss the most. And I don't know you miss a live experience I and mean, uh, Dallas would be a great way to start things off. <laughs> Fingers crossed that does happen. But yeah. um, ev- yeah, and everyone is listening. This is the legendary Ian Crichton from the legendary saga. Symmetry is out now on Ear music and you have the best of saga coming out April 16th. Is that correct? I'm going to confirm that once yeah. again. Yeah. So uh, make sure you guys pick this up. If you can buy the album, because the bands can't do it without your help. Don't forget. You can listen to this podcast on all major podcast streams. Check us out on interview on fire.com. Ian, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. You stay safe out there in Niagara falls. Enjoy Niagara falls. I mean, there's, at least you can try to enjoy that. You know, you guys have a better scenic view than we do. We just, <laughs> just saying we're good. We're good. We're about to approach the months of like the dry heat and the bad weather and everything else in between. There's about a storm's actually headed here right now. So,
0: yeah, right. You guys were wiped out with uh, some storms. Anyway.
1: Did you hear about the um, winter storms back in February? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So here's the thing. Texas is not cut out for this. We were without power for four days. Delos, Huh? The poor armadillos. Oh, my God. I mean, not even just that. Just everyone, a- anything just that was out there, you know, and uh, we were without water for two days, without power for four days. And uh, even now, there's there's still like, you know some people who are not like fully recovered it's just it's, it's a work in progress yeah. but that's texas for you man just don't come in february or march because if that you don't know what you're gonna get coming like october
0: <laughs> i'll come in february or march
1: no problem okay. we'll do the interview anyway <laughs> ian uh let's stay in touch uh if possible and uh i will uh speak to you next time man sure
0: perfect nice talk to you later buddy